Welcome to the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast, brought to you by Lake Country Sleep. I'm your host, Erin. I am a boy mom, avid coffee drinker, sleep consultant, and expert in early childhood development and education. I hope you enjoy today's show. This is Erin from Lake Country Sleep, your host of the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast. On today's episode, I have Tara Hess from Tulsa Pediatric Sleep Consulting. Today, we are going to talk all about colicky babies and Tara's experience with her own daughter. Tara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself, give us a little background, and then let's get right into it and start telling us all about your daughter who had colic. Okay. Well, I'm Tara Hess, and my business is Tulsa Pediatric Sleep Consulting. I have been a certified sleep consultant for 10 years now, which is just crazy to me. It's gone by really fast, but I've had the opportunity to work with families all over the world in that time frame. And this was this all started after having my first daughter. She's actually like the inspiration for my business because she wasn't a great sleeper. She was pretty high needs. Um, I felt very confident going into motherhood. Um, I had like as a teenager worked at a daycare in the infant classroom and I had a, a ton of younger cousins, lots of babies, like literally like 20 something cousins. Um, and I was also a teacher for about five years before having my daughter, an elementary teacher. So I just felt very comfortable with children in general and felt like, you know, oh, I've got this. This is going to be, you know, a piece of cake. And she came into this world to let me know that I was wrong for sure. Um, you know, I don't know. You just always see those babies on the go, like napping in their car seat or in their stroller or on their mom or dad. And she never really did that either. Um, she just required a lot of attention. So yeah, she's the inspiration behind my business. <laughs> I love it. So I feel like when I talk to other sleep consultants, it usually is the firstborn child who ends up more often than not being the inspiration behind their love for sleep and the reason why they've started their business. So, um, it's, it's just funny to hear everyone's stories, but you obviously had a difficult time with her and um, consider her a high needs baby, huh? Is she still high needs now? No, she's like the opposite of that. And she just turned 14, which is also crazy. I'm like, don't feel old enough to have a teenager. I am totally. But, um, but yeah, so it was years ago, but I remember for a long time afterwards, I almost had like, like anxiety about my other kids having colic or, um, you know, being really high needs, but they were actually the opposite of that. Thank goodness. But, but no, absolutely to, to this or today, she is really a very easy child, easy, easy teenager. So that's so good. for any mom out there who may be experiencing it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is an end to it. And Tara is going to share her story with us tonight. So yeah. why don't we get into that? Like what happened? How just let's get into it. Okay. Well, she 
basically just cried a lot. And I didn't even know what colic was before I had kids. I didn't even know it was a thing. And um, I remember taking her to my pediatrician. I'm like, um, something's wrong with my baby. Not only does she like hardly sleep, but she like cries all the time. And I try to do all the things. And I remember his exact words. He was just like, some parents get lucky and some parents don't. That was like really the extent of his advice and, and words to me. And I just, you know, wasn't really going to accept that as an answer. And again, so that's kind of what led me on the path to train to become a sleep consultant in particular. Um, but I didn't really ever learn anything at that point about what to do to help her be better because everything I tried did not help to be honest. Um, we would try to distract her. We, I would hand her off to my husband thinking maybe I'm just getting like really flustered or stressed because, you know, she's crying so much to change of person, take her outside, uh, put her in the bath, you know, run the vacuum, like all the things that you hear about. And really for her, they just didn't help. I mean, the number one thing was just time. Um, now I did try some of the happiest baby on the block techniques because I read the book and now I know I was doing some of those techniques a little bit wrong, to be honest. Um, so one positive thing that has come out of that on top of becoming a sleep consultant is that I did also pursue a happiest baby on the block educator certification as well. Um, so again, now I know like shushing, for instance, I was like trying to be very quiet, like not, not be rude. <laughs> like just kind of sheer. Okay. You know, and really you're supposed to be like pretty aggressive with that shushing, just things like that. So, and I was probably going the wrong order. I don't, I don't even know what all, all I was doing wrong. I've tried to block out that difficult time, but, um, but yeah, now, now I think I could handle it a lot better because I've learned so much from it. It's interesting how your experience, again, has led you to these other certifications and kind of really steered your life in probably a pretty different direction. Mm -hmm. So you said you didn't, your pediatrician didn't really like say much more about it besides, you know, you're just not lucky. Um, so it wasn't ever anything that was where he was like, you have a colicky baby. Like it wasn't you just kind of figured it out over time and came to accept it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember if he, you know, actually said she's colicky or, or what, but learning what the definition of colic was, I was like, she, she has this, you know, she, she's crying definitely for more than three hours total per day, definitely more than three days per week and definitely more than, than three uh, weeks you know, in a row, her, her colic lasted longer than it usually does for an average baby. You know, they usually will grow out of that by about three or four months. She was closer to five months before she finally stopped crying that much. Um, and then it was like at six months, it was just a switch like flipped and she became like the happiest baby ever. So, I mean, could it have been something else that like went undiagnosed? I don't know, because they really don't even know, you know, what colic is. Some people say it's like gas stuck in the intestines and other people think it's just something else. I mean, so, but I know she definitely had the definition, like the characteristics of the crying. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So to kind of go off of that a little bit, 
now a lot of pediatricians and like leaving the hospital, you get a little pamphlet about purple crying. So uh, the purple acronym stands for um, each letter is a different um, like characteristic of what purple crying is. And they're just slightly different, but basically it's the same idea as colic. Is that your understanding of it too? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not super familiar with purple cry. I've heard of it, but I, I couldn't tell you what each letter stands for or anything. So, um, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Um, just the characteristic is a little different. It's like five hours a day for a few weeks. I would have to like look up the specifics, but yeah, it's like, um, there's a peak in it according to how many weeks old your baby is. And then it usually tapers off by three to four months. So very similar. And, you know, I think it maybe just depends on where you live in the country too, as far as, um, what your pediatrician might refer to it as. So just for the listeners. I mean, this was 2007 as well. So, you know, it's changed since then. So yeah, of course. Um, so you said this experience led you to becoming Happiest Baby on the Block certified, which um, really entails Dr. Harvey Karp's five S's for soothing a baby. So you said some of those techniques you were doing maybe in the wrong way and some you just weren't. So what are strategies that parents can and should be using to help them get through a, a, a stage of colic? Yeah, well, like I said, some of the things that I mentioned would probably work for some colicky babies. Of course, making sure your baby doesn't get overtired. That's super important. Knowing what your baby's windows of wakefulness should be throughout the day, making sure they're not exceeding those. Um, A lot of times I feel like colicky babies, and again, high needs obviously means, you know, they want to be held a lot, but they're very alert type temperaments as well. And those babies sometimes... um, hide their sleepy cues really well to where parents aren't aware that your baby was tired like 20 minutes ago and you missed that window and now you know they're overtired and and that can almost mimic like more of like a colicky type of baby as well um but again some of the things i mentioned earlier like just distraction in general taking your baby outside putting them in the bath um bicycling the legs if you do think it's like gas or uncomfortableness um those are just other things but specifically on the five s's i definitely think that those work i use those you know just when my other two babies were fussy at certain periods and they definitely were not colicky but um but it, it really helped. Um, so the swaddling, you want you know want to swaddle pretty pretty tightly in the arm area, and then the second S is um, holding on the side or their stomach, so you can do like a a football position or or tummy to tummy with you or across your forearm or whatever. Um, and then the shushing again. I know that was definitely one I was doing wrong. It's pretty like pretty loud, just right in their ear. Uh, And then you want to like, the fourth S is either swinging or swaying. And again, sometimes I just feel like you have to figure out your baby. You have to get to know your baby. Some babies I think like to go uh, forwards and backwards when they're, you know, swinging. Some babies like to go side to side and they don't always like to do both of those. So figuring out which one your baby likes is helpful. 
And then the last S is sucking, which, um, you know, if they take a pacifier, that's usually very helpful, but many babies don't. And so, you know, wash your hands, let them suck on your finger or something, and that can really help. You don't always have to go through all five steps. Sometimes by step number three, they're totally fine. But, um, but yes, I think out of anything, when you have a fussy baby, th those things can really help. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that information. So again, this kind of led you into the sleep consulting field. So when you're working with clients, do you think that this experience kind of sets you apart and you're able to relate to some of those parents a little bit better because of, you know, maybe they're experiencing the same thing and you can just empathize a little bit better with them? Oh, for sure. Um, which I think that's true about a lot of sleep consultants anyway. Just the reason why many of us get into this, as you said earlier, is because we've experienced the bad sleeping, the no sleeping, um, and that makes us want to help other people. But um, yes, when I have a family whose baby is either colicky or just a more challenging temperament in general, like I said, I I would say probably at least 75% of the children I work with have that like a really alert temperament. Um, and, and so absolutely me being able to share some of my stories um, and empathize with them in that way has, has definitely been helpful. Awesome. So going off of that, when you work with a family and you know they maybe think that their baby is a colicky baby, after working with you, do they see improvement? And maybe it was actually overtiredness, like you said, where they just weren't able to pick up on those cues because their baby, you know, was very good at hiding them. Did you ever find that that was the case? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what I offer for babies, I kind of have different um, package options. So my under six month babies are, are more of like a baby basics, just like sleep education, expectations. We'll talk about the five S's if they need that information, like if they have a fussier baby. Um, you know, it's not really like a full customized, like super strict sleep training plan. I don't do that at, for that age. Um, but so again, for most of the babies I work with that were actually doing like formal sleep training. They're kind of past that colicky stage. Um, but absolutely. I mean, that's one of the biggest like things that I hear from parents after doing the baby basics is just usually thank you so much for, first of all, letting me know, like, I'm not going to ruin my baby. If we have some habits at this age, you know, that it's okay that I'm not ready to let my baby cry it out or something like that. Um, and yes, for those babies who are on the fussier side, though, those five S's have been very helpful for those families. Yeah. Awesome. So if you haven't yet looked into the five S's, obviously I'm sure Tara probably has some information out there about it. I do too on my Instagram and Facebook. Um, Tara, where can we find you online? Well, you can find me on my website, which is Tulsa Pediatric sleepconsulting.com. And I have links everywhere from there, but mostly you'll find me on either Facebook or um, I am on Pinterest a little bit and also on Instagram. So Instagram, I'm Tulsa Pediatric Sleep, Facebook, Tulsa Pediatric Sleep Consulting. Um, did I say my Instagram? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> or Pinterest. I can't remember which one I already mentioned, but um, 
Yes, you can find me there. Uh, again, my website has links everywhere. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tara. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Erin. You're welcome. I will have all of her information posted in the show notes as well. So if anyone's looking to connect with Tara, make sure you go uh, click on her links over there. Um, she also did mention using awake windows to help with preventing overtiredness in our episode today. And it just so happens I have a free guide all about awake windows. So if that's something you're interested in grabbing, make sure you either click the link in my bio on Instagram, Lake Country Sleep, or head to my website, lakecountrysleep.com, where you can find that as well as a bunch of other sleep resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the show, leave a review, leave a rating, share the show with anyone else who you think might find it helpful, and we'll see you next time.